What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. did it right this time <laughs> all right people and welcome to Willow. no it's not willow's pillow talk it is reels and heels uh, i don't know what i'm doing apparently half the time but this is the reason why nicole and uh brian usually handles everything so i'm just the sexy co-host uh, <laughs> but welcome to reels and heels uh i with me today uh sorry i'll let you introduce yourself will uh, I'm Will, the writer and creator of the new comic Hill Turn. It is about a independent professional wrestler with a sadistic hobby. He is a serial killer. Think professional wrestling meets Dexter. And you launched it on Kickstarter when? Uh, last Saturday, we just launched on the 26th. Awesome. And okay, so because I'm Canadian, I'm looking at the, the website and it's in Canadian funds. So you have $833. <laughs> so I apologize if uh, that's not right <laughs> in terms of American money. But uh, um, so yeah, I'm going to share it to in the chat so that everybody can find you and uh, well, we're we're getting, huh? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Streamyard keeps telling me that uh, they lost access to. Oh, okay. Apparently, we're not alive on Facebook. Ah, fine. Whatever. I'll fix that later. Anyway, so <laughs> welcome, Carl. Good to see you. Um. So yeah, so you're you're a huge fan of the wrestling uh, uh, fandom. Uh, who was your favorite wrestler? Um, kind of depends on what era or anything like that. I've always been partial to Sting and the Undertaker and Rey Mysterio. Oh, okay, and uh, you're obviously a fan of the Luchador wrestling. Uh, has uh, Rey Mysterio helped bring that to the mainstream, uh, it, or what? It, who was who was it? Do you know who brought uh, Luchadors into the mainstream before? Um, it's been a while. Um, 
there's been several. You had Blue Demon Jr. Um, WCW helped bring it to America r- quite well when they had the Cruiserweight division um, back in their prime. They they mm-hmm. helped give a lot of exposure to the luchador wrestling mainstream in America. Um, you've got legends like Jushin Liger, who just retired um, recently, and he's he's wrestled the who's who of anybody all around the world. Um, you've got, I mean, I've always been a fan of Rey Mysterio. He was one of the green rookies at the time of WCW. However, uh, he's continued to keep the tradition. Now his son doesn't wrestle under a hood, but wrestles for WWE. Oh, okay. Oh, that's neat. I got to take a quick phone call. I'll be right back. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so the show belongs to me now. Um, Okay, so if anybody has any questions uh, for yours truly, I'd be willing to answer them uh, until my uh, guest comes back. Um, So, yeah, welcome to Wheels and Heels. I am Willow Schuyler. Uh, I I am a wrestling fan. I'm more so a wrestling fan of indie wrestling as of late, um, but I've classic wrestling from like early 90s late 80s early 90s um my favorite wrestler brett the hitman heart i have to have to rep the canadians <laughs> all right uh welcome back Sorry about that. <laughs> no worries uh so tell me a little bit more about uh, Heel Turn. Uh, where where did you get the idea of a luchador serial killer? Okay, so I've had a background, which we'll probably go into in a little while, uh, in professional wrestling for quite a while. And then I've been a writer on and off since probably my teenage years, back with E-Federations, which was – professional wrestling at that time, E-Feds, with MSN groups. Um, aging myself a little bit there. But uh, that's where the idea for wrestling came and writing all the time. Well, I wrote a zombie novel book a uh, couple years ago and had this idea that of a serial-killing professional wrestler that I was going to do as a novel. Well, I just put it on the back burner and... I've started discovering more and more comics than I did in the past. And so I was like, you know what? This idea would actually be a lot better if you had the visual aspects instead of just reading it and using your imagination. And so I was able to find an artist uh, out of Brazil. Um, I call him Rios because I butcher his name. And this is his first foyer into sequential art. Um, he is a marketing guy and he's done art, but this is his first time ever in sequential. And to me, he has taken my script and has just brought it to life. Um, so the idea just basically came from being a f- and being a fan of Dexter. So that's why I say professional wrestling meets Dexter, um, which is not coming back to be honest. Yeah. But as for the story itself, uh, it follows the life of Ethan Johnson, who works as a call center rep during the day. Then during the weekend, he's an independent professional wrestler with a little bit of a sadistic side. He's a killer. Um, if you want to see the origin story, you can go to hillturncomic.com. 
There's a download for the free Hill Turn Number Zero. It's a five-page mini-comic that will kind of give you his very first human kill and how he got started into it. So seeing that one, that's entirely black and white, but it's free to download on website. Then you can come to the Kickstarter, check out the first book. It's a sub seven. We have an ending already planned out. Uh, it's only going to be seven books long. And as soon as we get done funding on for number one, we're right into number two. Uh, Kickstarter is a hundred percent done already. Like we're done 100% with this book. We're already working on number two. We're just trying to get the funds to help bring it to print a lot faster. Awesome. So what is it about luchadors that you uh, are enthralled with? Sorry. Oh, no worries. Got a kid back there playing. Um, (laughs) Luchadors, I haven't really necessarily been involved with luchadors directly. Uh, most of my background is just independence and some luchas here um, that I've met in, over the years. But most of mine, it's just a fandom of lucha style. Um, yeah. Especially this story doesn't necessarily fall lucha, so to speak. He is actually more of a ECW style, CZW style extreme wrestler. He uses the hood to help hide his true idea, which you get a lot of that. Um, mix the lucha style with a hooded wrestler because um, they want to keep that identity to, to themselves. For instance, you have um, it was Prince P- Puma at the time for Lucha Underground, which yes, I understand that was a lucha show and he does a lot of the flips and stuff, so I actually incorporated that into my comic, but he was kind of an inspiration for putting Ethan into a hood. Uh, if you look at the mask, I have some the body style is kind of a Prince Puma. The mask is a variation of a couple of different famous famous ones, including uh, Pinta and Phoenix. I've got some homages to them by looking at different pieces of that. So anybody that follows that style of wrestling will definitely catch on to little homages that I've done. But as it's the wrestling side. He is more of an extreme wrestler because that helps him relieve um, the built-up aggression that he gets so he doesn't necessarily kill in the ring. Because he's a serial killer, so he can get away with this for years. Yeah. Uh, I I can't wait to read this comic myself. uh, One of my friends uh, has made a luchador comic as well. Sorry, uh, called Lucha Mystery. Uh, he's a, a local uh, comic book uh, creator from Winnipeg, and uh, he goes by Evan Quaring. So I'll get you, <laughs> I'll get you situated with him so that you can get his comic as well. Uh, oh yeah, for but, sure. But uh, uh, he sent me. <laughs> he keeps telling me that he's all no, no. I'm not going to come on your show until I have something to promote, and he's on comic number three already. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude. <laughs> now you got enough to promote now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, no, I, I'm I'm very much interested in uh, the whole wrestling uh, luchador uh, aspect, and um, I I know that there's like a religion uh, around it all too. So, that's that's fascinating. 
Um, well, and that's one thing, like, with this comic that I did was back in even the 90s, so to speak, um, before that, the kayfabe, you couldn't really see behind the scenes or nothing like that. With this comic, you definitely see, you don't a lot, but you definitely see the behind the scenes aspect. Like, there's a couple of pages where he's in the locker room getting dressed, um, getting paid by the promoter. You see him out interacting. You see, like, with independent shows, they have the intermission where you can actually go meet the, the fan favorites and get uh, autographs and things like that. I actually incorporated all of that aspects into this comic. Now on, like, WB, you don't see a lot of the the main wrestlers coming out and being able to get autographs in the middle of the show. You can go get merch and food and stuff, but that's it. Um, I've actually incorporated a lot of, if you went to an indie show, this is kind of the fill that you would get. Now, obviously, for the purposes of visualization and things, the crowds are a little bit bigger than your average indie show. Um, but I don't like a whole lot of empty white space unless it's necessary for the story. So yeah. it, we kind of exaggerated certain points. But at the same time, if you're a fan of indie wrestling or if you've ever been to an indie show, you definitely get the feel of, hey, this would actually be a really cool independent show. Um, I have a couple of friends who, uh, do, uh, 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 wrestling as well, indie wise. And, um, how, how do you like, what's your feelings on going to these shows? Like, are you, are you right smack in the middle of the stage? Like, do you stand up right close to the stage or do you just kind of sit back and just watch the show from there? Um, it kind of depends on – I'm a fan of uh, wrestling in general. Watch it. Um, a lot of times I've got friends or stuff like that that run a lot of promotions and um, independent shows. So I'll get like ringside or pretty close to ringside to see. But personally, um, I don't go behind the scenes a lot of the times unless I'm involved in the show. Uh, but I have been behind the scenes numerous times. Like uh, I've – I called myself the chauffeur for beautiful Bobby Eaton um, a few years back when he was there tour. He wasn't wrestling more, but he was still doing a lot of appearances at wrestling shows. Um, that's where I got to meet a lot of other legends I hadn't met before. Um, yeah. Just chauffeuring him around at that time. Then I went behind the scenes and obviously hung around with them. But if I go to dependent show, unless I'm directly involved, just out of respect for the boys, I try not to go backstage, but I will sit, as close to the ring or them will ask me to sit at their merchandise table so that they can sell merchandise while they're in the ring as well. So they don't just have to do it um, at intermission before and after shows because some of these guys don't necessarily make a lot of money on an independent circuit. So the merchandise is where they make, they start making money, their profit. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, okay. Have a good day, Carl. Good to see you. Thanks for stopping in. Um, no, uh, um, I I would do uh, like they uh, I go to the indie shows and um, I actually was the was helping one one of my friends uh, film uh, for our uh, public te- public access television uh, channel. Uh, so that was that was a great experience uh, seeing 
like all these live shows come together that way. And um, I, I, I love that experience and hope that I can continue with it once everything starts to open up and everything goes back to normal a little bit. Um, but uh, uh, when you, you did uh, a lot of like the logos for uh, independent wrestlers, right? Um, I've done logos, t-shirt designs, belt designs, websites for, Indie wrestlers, and now some of them are mainstream, but they were indies at the time. Um, yeah, I've, I've had work all over the world, uh, various different levels from mainstream to just independence. That's awesome. And uh, when, when you're talking to you know, your clients about uh, making logos, I, I'm sure it's uh, the same as any, anything else, but it... Uh, do you, do they allow you to have creative control or is there a certain image that a lot of them have in their heads that you have to go by? A lot of times, most of them just have a generic, they want this and this incorporated. They want a generic and then they can just kind of let me put out a couple of different options. I'll send it to them. Um, and then we'll just go back and forth until we make the design that they, they love. Um, the hard part is every now and then when you're doing different stuff, you'll have a client that reaches out that you're actually were a fan of prior to um, ever doing work with them. So then it, you have to put that mark side to the side and be like, okay, yes, I'm a fan, but I have to treat this like a business first. And then, but at the same time you're sitting there like, theoretically, I want to do this <laughs> for free because I like you, but I can't because I would never make money that way. Yeah. Oh, I hear you. There, there's times where, hey, like, uh, when I when I was working, uh, I worked for Starbucks, and when Brett the Hitman Hart came into my store uh, after one of his shows, uh, I'm just like, I, I was making his drink, and I'm just like, <laughs> so the whole fangirl thing just, it, I, I had to try very hard not to get nervous and all that, but yeah, it was it was quite interesting <laughs> when you're a fan of oh, someone yeah. that <laughs> trying trying to be professional is <laughs> sometimes it doesn't work. But oh yeah, um, I told you before I had actually uh, before we went live, I chauffeured Bobby Eaton around for a little bit, and um, I've always been a fan of Jerry the King Lawler, like. He's a great artist, and I've just always been a huge fan of him. Um, so, I, you know, I was like, I want, you know, this is a guy that I would like to meet. Bobby has known Jerry forever. Mm-hmm. Um, Bobby's actual wife, uh, rest her soul, just recently passed away, is Bill Dundee's daughter. And Bill Dundee and Jerry Lawler and all that stuff, they're all together and related and from the area. Well, Bobby, like in the middle, we're driving to a wrestling show because he's got a booking to do. And I'm talking to him about, you know, he's, he's telling me some of the road stories. He told me stories about Ric Flair ripping off the car door of his rental car and not paying for it. And he's told me all sorts of different stories. I just mentioned, you know, like Jared, that he had any for Lawler because I've always been a fan. He just picks up the phone and calls Lawler and puts him on speakerphone, and just talks to him right there. And I'm like, trying to drive, trying not to geek out in front of another legend in his own right. And then I go on the phone and I'm like, so I, I completely understand it. It's, 
it gets a little difficult, especially when you get those ones that you really enjoy. Yeah. And then you have other ones that you meet that you're just like, you're nicer in your wrestling persona than you are in real life. So you, you get both sides of the coin there. Yeah. Uh, when I was working the door uh, of one show, um, Nash came up to me and he's like, he goes and shakes my hand. And uh, again, like I, I'm short and I probably came up to his belly button. <laughs> so it's like, that yeah, man's this is interesting. <laughs> yeah, he's a r- rather tall individual. Uh, but yeah, no, that that was kind of cool. It's like he came up, shake, shook my hand. He very professional, and and then he's all, "Oh, I got to be on stage soon." <laughs> so he goes and yeah. takes off. I'm just like, I'm just standing there, like, huh? <laughs> I didn't really say much. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, I definitely understand that one. But Sorry, yeah, no, it, oh, oh no, dogs were cute. <laughs> Uh, how many? Like you said you had. You said you had two dogs or three. I have four dogs. Four dogs. Oh wow! This this one's our dog, dot, and then oh. we've got a Yorkie, and then two German Shepherd mixes, um, and then my little four year old over here. <laughs> Aww, nice full house. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And Mama's gone at the moment, so trying to wrangle them all. It's kind of <laughs> interesting sometimes. Oh, oh. Sorry. Oh, no worries. Yeah, I'm a little bit of a nerd. I've got the original... It's upside down on the camera, but the original 80s cartoon oh, show. Cool. And then it, it's going to be hard to see, but I've got an homage to the original knees uh, movie cover on the other side. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I've been a, a huge, huge Turtles, Turtles fan. Too. Yeah. That's one of the main ones that I want to meet is Eastman and Laird. I haven't had a chance to. Yeah. So which one is your favorite turtle? Mikey. I've always been partial to Mikey. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm a Donatello fan. <laughs> I will always, I, I've always gone, uh, gone towards the, the nerd of, uh, the group. Uh, Beast for X Men, the nerd intellectual Hello. one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My, my personality is more of a Mikey. Anyway, I'm definitely that uh, crazy, outgoing, think first, ask questions later type individual. So it got yeah. me in the military for uh, six years, and then now I'm writing comics about a serial killing professional wrestler. So. So what's uh, what's new with uh, uh, like 
what what's new on the horizon for your comic? Uh, like, are, is uh, heel turn the? Is there going to be another comic book coming out other than heel turn or? So right now, um, this is number one of seven. So I've got seven in plan. Um, <laughs> script number two is basically finished. I'm rewriting different um, edits and stuff off of it. Uh, I have a origin story for a potential superhero um, written. I just have I'm kind of searching for an artist for it uh, because the artist I have now um, is a great artist, but he doesn't want to do superhero style stuff, which is perfectly fine. So I'll f- I'm looking for another artist on that, and then a um, couple other projects I'm trying to start writing and trying to get out there to build the fan base. But he'll turns my pride and joy um definitely going to focus on that priority number one vantages like i said number one is 100 percent completed before we ever launched last week it was ready to go so as soon as we hit funding and it completes we will be uh golden to be able to get it out to our fans digital rewards will go out immediately print rewards as soon as kickstarter as long as we get funded kickstarter releases the funds it's going out I actually, I don't know how well it'll show up. Um, that's not going to show up very well at all, I don't think. That nope. it was just sent to me about 10 minutes ago. It's kind of difficult to see. Um, but it's a sketch. Uh, he's fixing to ink it for a crossover for two Kickstarters for Hill Turn and Yule. It's called J-O-L, but it's called Yule. It's uh, actually been 100% funded on Kickstarter, but we're going to do a crossover for anybody that backs both comics to be able to get a print of that. Uh, Rios is the one that is drawing it, and then we're going to send it to Joel to color it, and Joel's the artist on the other comic book, so those should be coming up this week, and then (laughs) and then from there, yeah, sorry. Then from there, we've got I've got stretch goal ideas planned, but we have to hit our funding goal first. We're currently sitting at 30 backers with 677 U.S. Um, out of 2,000. We're at 35% and everything like that. Um, sorry. He's, he's a mess. Four-year-olds that do what they want. But no, some of the stretch goal ideas that I have, if not, we're going to have them as merchandise in the future. Um, because of the independent side, I have a merchandise um, plan already out there. We're going to have things like custom uh, turnbuckle souvenir, little small turnbuckles. They won't be the ones that fit on the ring, but they're going to be turnbuckle pads that will be customized. Um, we do have trading cards on as rewards right now on Kickstarter. I've got wrestling buddies I'm looking at getting. So there's definitely oh, cool. a lot that I plan on doing on this. Um, and the comic will still happen even if somehow we don't meet funding, even though we're on target too. We'll still release it. It's just going to make it a lot faster and a lot easier if we can get the funding for sure. Yeah. So, people, if you're a wrestling fan and love the love luchadors, this is a comic book for you. <laughs> yeah, um, and actually, by the end of the weekend, we are putting a 
we actually did it last week and we only sent it out to people that are watching the live podcast of the launch and on day one or to mailing list backers, but we're going to make it public um, probably tomorrow. There'll be a link on the Kickstarter where you can download a free five page preview of this comic. It'll be the first five pages of the comic. And in that first five pages, you see a kill, the story, and he gets close to uh, his background on there. Within you, you see the anger right off the bat within the first five pages, outside of just a kill that you get to witness. Okay. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So I, I'm being told I, I'm being paged by Brian and say hey, he's t- uh, telling me to ask you about NWA. Uh, <laughs> obviously, you're a fan. <laughs> um, I'm not only am I a fan, but I, I have a background of working with the National Wrestling hmm. Alliance. Um, okay. Prior to Billy Corgan purchasing it from Bruce Tharp. Um, Billy Corgan's the one that currently owns it of the Smashing Pumpkins. They are doing phenomenal job. Uh, Tim Storm was actually his champion for a while. I've done work with Tim back when my time with him. But Bruce Tharp owned it with another group. And from about 2014 through 2016-ish, I was the unofficial director of media. I was the marketing and media guy for the National Wrestling I ran the website. Um, I ran most of the company graphics. I helped plan. I was on the planning committee for figuring out who we're putting in the NWA Hall of Fame for those years. I created the NWA magazine, Ringside Magazine that was, we had seven editions on. Some of the covers of those people were like Santana Garrett, who was NXT star uh, on TV. Uh, Killer Elite Squad was featured on some, which Lance Hoyt is now part of AEW, and his partner was Davey Boy Smith Jr. Um, we had Jushin Liger on the cover. We had Rob Conway when he was champion on the cover. So I've done a lot of these guys that have either been famous prior to or are now, and I've had my hand behind the scenes quite a bit for that two, two and a half year period that I worked with them. Okay. Wow. And how, how was the, that experience being able to do like the magazine uh, and all that for them? It was fun. Uh, I actually got to meet 
meet legends that I never thought, whether meet them or talk interview them, people that I never thought I would have a chance to, to uh, realistically. Like we were doing the magazines, I was able to actually, I had a nice conversation with J.J. Uh, Dillon. Um, we were doing an interview for the magazine, and I had a nice conversation with him. I got to, in just a minute, okay? And then I um, got a chance to have, it was a supposed to be a 30-minute interview, wound up going two hours. I was on the phone talking with Dan Severn. We talked about everything from his wrestling and NWA career to where he got started, his UFC career, how how all that crossover happened, um, things that we didn't necessarily include in the magazine, but I got to get a lot of eye-opening behind-the-scenes stories and things of that nature. And then as for the magazine, I actually partnered. We had originally... Right off the bat, I had a different – my um, editor-in-chief was a journalist by the name of Colby Primo out of Houston. And he helped me out for a while. When he decided to leave the National Wrestling Alliance and stuff, um, my editor-in-chief became Dan Murphy. Dan Murphy was a writer for us uh, and actually is a writer for PWI Magazine. Um, he was actually one of our behind-the-scenes influencers and in- our go-to guys of knowledge when it comes to magazines. Um, he had worked for PWI for years and then I brought him in to help with our magazine to get it out there. We did decent. Um, we, we had got it in some local stores. We had sold it on mag cloud is how we launched it. Originally it was a print on demand service. Uh, but at the time when you're going from a limited funds, but you're trying to get it out to as many people, the print on demand option, as you know, with comics is very worth it. Sorry. <laughs> Sinuses. Oh, you're fine. Um, <laughs> uh, so what happened to the magazine? Like, like is it still running now? Or uh... No. Uh, not too long before I left, um, we did the seventh magazine with Santana on the cover. It was doing good. We were looking at doing another one because we released it every other month, basically. Uh, we were getting ready to do another one. I actually, I think so on my computer somewhere, I have the stories for that one. But then uh, talk started to fail between myself and Bruce. Um, Bruce was looking at potentially selling it uh, prior to. He was also focused on some New Japan stuff and trying to grow the brand for sure. But I had some stuff going on in my personal life, plus some uh, other issues that were going on. And I decided to step away completely. Um, and then he still held on to it for like another year or two and then wound up actually selling it to uh, Billy Corgan. Um, oh, I, okay. I had left yeah. before that had happened. I knew he was talking to him, but those negotiations actually went a lot longer than the, uh, new sites, um, pointed out the new sites made it seem like it went, you know, fast when the final decision was made, it went quick, but. I, I remember him actually starting to reach out and trying to get it sold there for a little bit, um, which actually I'm glad it did because it was a dying brand. Bruce helped try to revive it. The only problem, the reason I think it was failing at the time was the territory system doesn't necessarily work in today's professional wrestling. Um, it was good to have the affiliates and it got a lot of exposure, but unless you have a lot of people behind that style doesn't necessarily work. 
So, like Billy Corgan, he has turned it into more of a individual brand. It's it's not a bunch of affiliates working under it. It's an individual brand, like a WWE, AEW, Impact, so on and so forth. So that's yeah. why, and he's focused on growing that, and has changed the. It's a sale, same company, same belt. He's just changed the premise because you have to adapt in order to make it work in today's world. Yeah, exactly. And um, what? What are your thoughts on the industry right now? Um, how, how, how um, do you feel I actually, how it, how it... I actually enjoy it. Um, I think wrestling is definitely in a resurgence. Um, it had gone away for a while. It is starting to come back. You now have. I'm not. WWE has been there forever, and they're the top of the chain. I'm not a huge fan of what's going on currently with them. Um, but at the same time, they have gone a lot more business-oriented versus professional wrestling-oriented, in my opinion. So they still have a lot of talent. And obviously, with the boys, for sure, you're going to make money. So obviously, I, w- I would do if I was in their shoes, I'd do the same thing. Um, AEW definitely has potential. Uh, they have them financial backing, but just like anything, they're still a new company. So there's still things that everybody have, and you'll have your critics on both sides. You'll like one or the other. Me personally, you can actually sit there between streaming services and national TV. You can actually watch professional wrestling every day of the week. Um, you've yeah. got Monday night raw, you've got Friday Smackdown, you got, you know, dynamite. It's usually on Wednesdays. You got NWA Power on Tuesdays on Fight and uh, YouTube, and then I believe on Thursday you also got Impact on Tuesday Change. And then Thursday there was another show. Um, there's another company called Major League Wrestling that has started to come out. They actually just got a small national wide deal. deal. Uh, you got New Japan. I mean, the, the, you can pretty much watch it almost every day of the week, which as a wrestling fan is awesome because that means. It's being seen. Yeah. And, um, brain. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Oh, you're Where fine. Did it go? Uh, all right. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, you answered all those questions already anyway. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, just Brian was sending me some some questions, and you had pretty much already touched on them. Um, your your thoughts on uh, 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 New Japan? Um, would would you would you go back? I love to New Japan. Uh, their style is completely different, and um, on New Japan, I, I love their style. It's completely different than what you see nowadays in professional wrestling, which is one of the things I enjoy. Um, to answer your other question, would I go back? Yeah, um, there's some things I would definitely do different. If given the opportunity, I definitely would. I actually, there is um, a guy by the name of Brandon o- Overhoyser. Um, he wrestled as the American Kickboxer 2 out of Ohio. Um Heartland Wrestling Association has been around forever. He it, he actually it from Les and all of those guys, and uh, wound up selling the brand before he moved because of uh, 
his mom's health. But I actually starting an indie company on and off um, down in New Mexico. So I'm actually working with him on doing a little bit of stuff there. I've done a couple of local things for a little bit here and there. Just not as big as I was into it. I am. I yeah. still love doing it, but I haven't. Right now, I've got the four-year-old, as you could tell, um, and he takes up a lot of my time. So I don't have as much free time as I want. Uh, plus, now with the comic writing, I've got to pick and choose what I want to do in my free time. And honestly, I have more enjoyment out of the the comics and stuff because what I enjoyed at the wrestling was people seeing my designs. Comics, I can get them in the stores. I can physically get them in people's hands. I can see the excitement. Conventions, I can go talk to them, still get my nerd feel, so to speak. Um, as a, you know, a different kind of people. And it's another avenue I've never really done. But I, to see the excitement in people's faces when they read it. Or my goal is to have it out. And then when I start going to conventions, eventually have people come over and like, I loved your book. You know, I loved when you had him do this, this, and this. Or, you know, have people pitch ideas. Um, you know, it would be cool if he did this, you know. I've already had a couple of beta readers um, since that, you know, hey, you could do this. My my actual uh, first victim in this one is my best friend. Like, it's 100% his <laughs> likeness. And his kids range from 6 to 12, and all of them love the fact that his dad is being brutally murdered. Oh, um, no. oh my God. <laughs> and, they, you know, they like, they're wrestling fans, too, so they, they, they've read it, and they're like, and they realize that he is being murdered, and they're like, Dad, you got killed brutally, and I'm like, yeah, that's what happens. <laughs> And then he, and he's like, well, I know not to make you mad because you've already figured out how to kill me. I was like, yeah, but you're safe now because now it's premeditation. Uh, that, that seems like the common theme uh, with a lot of my writer friends where it's like, don't don't piss off, off a writer. Otherwise, you become part of their book. <laughs> exactly. Whether, you know, sometimes we have to change the name to protect uh, guilty. Yeah. You've got to do certain things like that. Um, Main character here actually isn't based off of anybody. I just had the idea, created it. Um, they always tell you to find a voice. My voice for him would be if, like, if it was a movie, I would think somebody like a uh, old school Mickey Rourke, like when he was first coming out, that young, that that style of voice, but a whole different look, obviously. Do you get asked that but quite I, frequently I was, from I your friends? I studied a lot though? of Mickey Rourke's talking from when he was first coming out in the 80s. <laughs> was that? Do you, do you get the, the question from your friends quite frequently of uh, wanting them in your books and wanting them uh, to be a character? Not often. Um, I've had a few people here and there. I'm actually on my Kickstarter, the top two rewards – there is a reward where you can actually be the victim in the second book. You you can actually oh, – it's a little higher and you get a bunch of stuff with it. But one of the main things is your 100% your name, your likeness, everything. You get to be the victim. Um, one of the other ones is the second book introduces an event that is trying to connect all the dots. And he will eventually connect the dots, but you have to see if he gets caught or not. 
but the agent in the second book will be seen uh, the highest level. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Be that agent. Your likeness, your name, everything can be... It doesn't have to necessarily be you. It can be somebody, you know, however, I do have to have... Uh, consent from that person to use them. But you could yeah. definitely have a friend be put in there um, and brutal as long as they sign off on it. Um, but yeah, I've got those rewards coming um, for that. And then some of the lower levels actually have where you can be drawn into the variant covers. So I actually have the standard cover and then a variant cover, which is Ethan's hand holding the meat tenderizer over top of a ring and you got the crowd out there. Um, one of the boards you can actually choose from in there, have your likeness drawn into that crowd. Um, I've actually gave on the pre launch, we did some contests and I had two fans, um, already drawn in that crowd. Um, a guy by the name of pop fan Zant from, uh, comic madness. Yeah. Yeah. The madness comics. Um, I actually drove him, drew him in. It's not seen on this one yet. Um, I have to upload the new version. But this is kind of pre-colored, so to speak. It's not 100% done because we've got to fill in the crowd with different people. We're going to wait till it's done. But we went ahead and colored a lot of it, so it makes it easier once we get those people drawn in. Yeah. But that's a variant. That's going to be a Kickstarter exclusive. The only way you can get that cover is through Kickstarter. Now, on my updates, I put a... Here, take them off. And you got to put them like this, okay? There you go. Um, but this is a Kickstarter exclusive variant. Under the updates, there is a sketch cover variant that is going to be public, and then the normal cover itself. Oh, that's cool! Uh, definitely worth 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 a shot to look into. Uh, I mean, like not very often do. Uh, do artists or comic book creators say, Hey, be in my book and it being one of the Kickstarter things. Um, it's starting to be a little bit more common now, but it's definitely something that, uh, it's still fairly new, uh, which is awesome. I, I like that idea. Um, yeah. And one of the ideas that I had, um, was a friend of mine writes novels and it's, uh, it's the tattoo series. And, um, he actually recently for his second book did an eBay auction to be a victim in, you know, in his book and stuff like that. Well, that's where I kind of had to do some of this, like, 
you know, they do it all the time in normal novels for independence, but you don't see it a whole lot in comics just because of the sheer extra time it takes. Want to get fans involved and uh, let them see themselves. You don't always get to see yourself in, you know, on a belt, for instance. Yeah. I love the art. Like the art is fantastic. Uh, the the fact that you actually have uh, the same kind of art on the uh, on the cover as well as inside the book is fantastic. Yeah, all my covers are actually drawn by the same artist that drew the actual book. Um, all the colors are done, with the exception of the variant color cover. All the colors are done by a company called Bees Studio. Uh, they're actually Ooh. the same people that did the Killaroo series com- um, comics. They're the same ones that colored that. Okay. But my variant colors actually cover variant cover is colored by Jeremy Kahn, who does a lot of stuff for Silverline. Mm-hmm. Very well done. All right. So Brian's curious as to what your uh, what the best wrestling theme song was. Um, the one that gets stuck in my head so much would be the NWO theme. You know, everybody, wrestling and non-wrestling fans knew that theme song, no matter what. Hendrix guitar lick and then the NWO theme with it. Just now, personally, my best theme of all time would probably be um, the... I've got to put batteries in it when we're done. I'll put batteries in it. The I'm trying to think which one would be the best. I I, um, I personally like Shawn Michaels' um, "Sexy Boy" theme song as one of the ones like that. Today's time, Styles' theme is the best one that I think they have right now. Um, but there's all sorts of themes. I liked all of the WWE uh, soundtracks and rock them all out there. I still actually have a um, Pandora channel or playlist of nothing but uh, wrestling theme songs. So the wrestler, the cool thing about theme song is you should be able to hear that if you're a fan, you hear that and you, you know who that wrestler is just by hearing the first few licks. Yeah. All right. So you walk into a coffee shop and you can have any song that, any theme song playing right when you enter the door, what would it be? My own personal theme song? Now, if it was a professional wrestling <laughs> theme song I had to choose, it'd definitely be The Undertaker's, just because I love The Undertaker that, that much. Um, if I had my own theme song, I've actually done this before. Um, I've actually come out on uh, an independent show with uh, this theme before. It was uh, YMCA, just because oh. that's my demeanor and what I do. Um, and I just, I act silly and do what I want to do. Um, I'm not exactly the most uh, physically fit individual, so that plays into the character as well. But I, I've actually done that in on an independent show. I've actually come out, and it's b- deep, deep inside the YouTube world, but I have... I have found it once or twice, but it's very difficult to find. Oh, that's And I keep funny. it hidden there for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure eventually someone's going to 
<laughs> dug it up. <laughs> yeah, the few friends of mine that I work with, um, when they found out, they're the ones that found it. And they definitely found it and come back. And they had it playing on um, the work computer when I walked in the, the shop one day. Uh, I made a commercial with uh, a group of friends uh, several years ago, and uh, they rented, I don't know how they managed to do this, but they rented a, an actual transit bus, and we all managed, we all got it, got on there and did our little dance routines and stuff like that. <laughs> so every so often, one of my friends will find the video and be like, is that you? <laughs> I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, well, the, this entrance that I did, I actually had the full-on feather boa, the biker shorts, and everything um, to the YMCA theme. Oh, that's fantastic! That is awesome. Hey, that, that like you you went and did that, so that that I I. I'm very uh, proud of you for doing that. <laughs> uh, it's all for the sake of entertainment. There's things that – there's all sorts of stuff I've done to entertain people in the world. There's a reason I got the nickname in school as uh, the Crazy Redneck. So um, <laughs> that's just my mentality and stuff like that. And now that I'm able to put it in writing and make other people do it and try to keep it out there and just get it drawn, I get weird questions sometimes from my artists because – some of the stuff I have characters do, you know, some of the characters, he's like, why? And I'm like, why not? You don't see it all the time. And that was something yeah, with exactly. this comic I tried to make sure I do is obviously comics ideas are a lot of times you, you see the same idea all the time. Well, it's just differently written a little bit differently. I wanted something that was unique that if you've seen it before, you haven't seen it like this, and you haven't seen it in a long time. Um, I'm not saying it's a 100% different, unique idea, but at the same time, I, I there's not a lot of wrestling comics to begin with. And then you mix the two genres of horror and wrestling. The fans are usually pretty close to the same, and then you add the art into it, and it just makes it that much more appealing, in my opinion. Yeah. So... Brian is curious if you were booking CM Punk's return, uh, how and what company would work best for him? As a fan of Punk, I would rather see him come to AEW um, just because of the sheer types of matches and storyline purposes they could have. For CM Punk as an individual, if he wanted the money, WWE is where to go. He would definitely get the money he wants to come back over there. Fans would love him. I personally think they would use him the way he would want, knowing the type of person that he is. And I, I think AEW would be the better fit. However, I personally, even though I know he's teased it here and there, I don't think he's going to to wrestling. I I think he's going to stay retired. Um, I think he has more enjoyment out of teasing all the fans and just letting people let their minds race. He has a whole lot more fun like that. Um, 
if it were to become back, you know, it's going to be kind of a one-off, not any kind of serious type thing, in my opinion. I could be wrong, but I don't think it will be. Have you been watching that uh, show on A&E now, uh, The uh, Most Wanted Treasures uh, from WWE? Yes, I love that show. Oh, it, it's fantastic. I, it's, uh, what is the one thing, like, if you were, well, being a wrestling collector, uh, what, what is the one thing that you would love to have in your collection? Um, I'd have to say two, there, there is two things that I can think of off the top of my head that I would love to have. And that would be one of Jay, uh, Jerry Lola's crowns mm-hmm. and one of Undertaker's hats. And oh, I, yeah. I'm not even particular if it's a 2020, um, hat or if it's a 1990s hat, I don't care just to have one of the hats that he wore would be yeah. But the type of character that The Undertaker was and the type of person that Mark Calloway was as a person, he grew up the old school way of keeping kayfabe. So as you saw on that show, he has 90% of his own gear. You know, he, mm-hmm. a lot of his stuff, until he decides to get rid of it, you're not going to get hold of it. And that's another reason I want it, because it is so rare to get hold of something like that. Yeah. And uh the fact that, you know, there's like the mankind sock and the, the they're talking about mm-hmm. like the original and and all the little ones that he just created just off the like that that is incredible just like how many actual socks <laughs> are out there. <laughs> and the fact that he oh, knows yeah. which one is actually the original. Oh, yeah, and, like, one thing they don't actually talk about, like, for instance, Jerry Lawler, being a fan of him, I know I know they, you know, they worked on getting some of the Andy Kaufman stuff and things like that with him. Um, I, I know it's not necessarily for that style, but another thing that I would love, especially being a comp fan, an art fan, I would love to get one of his original pieces. He has lots of original art that he does. He's a great artist. For those people that don't know, he is a phenomenal artist. So if you could get an original piece or something that he's drawn would just be awesome. Because a lot of times, you know, even the little doodles, because um, I don't know what he ever did with them, but his notes when he was commentating, every one of those have doodles, what he was doing at the table. He hardly ever read them. Jerry Law, Jerry, uh, J.R. kept him going, and he just doodled all over his notes. That's just the style he did because he's a great artist, and that's something I would definitely want as a collector as well. And that would satisfy both urges. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. All right, uh, Brian is asking, uh, what would your uh, fantasy booking dream match be? Sting versus, uh, Sting versus Undertaker uh, or... <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah i guess that would be quite the quite the show would be sting versus undertaker but who would you love to see in a in a match back in their prime for sure the undertaker and sting nowadays no offense to the guys i don't think it would be i don't think it would live up to the hype of it um nowadays but if you would have got it especially um, right there around the time WCW was purchased, um, around that, or even a couple of years after, around that time period, that would have been a great match everybody would have loved, especially if you let them tell the stories that both of them can. Um, a dream match of all time. Uh, that one's right up there. I would have loved to see um, a Brian Hillman versus, you know, a guy like uh, AJ Styles today. Um, but that's kind of mixing, yeah. obviously, generations and stuff for sure. But that's a, full, that's a good thing about dream matches. Now, today's thing, I would like to see the – realistically, I would like to see – and I know it's been done before, but I'd like to see it on mainstream, uh, but they're on two different companies right now. I would, would like to see – Rey Mysterio and Penta go at it again, but on a mainstream stage to tell a story, not just on independent shows. Now, I know they have wrestled before when Rey was gone for a little while off of TV, but at the same time, you can't find a lot of that. You can find bits and pieces, but do you put it on mainstream in front of that many fans? It does a whole, the wrestlers can put off a whole lot more because their feet versus, you know, a couple harder, a small, a couple thousand versus twenty, thirty thousand. You know the fans are definitely going to interact a whole lot, but that's just the lucha style in me wanting to see a match yeah. like that. And, okay, how how did you feel about Rey Mysterio being unmasked? So when that happened, I <laughs> I was not a big fan because at the time, you know, I was definitely not an NWO fan. Of, um. And the way that happened, um, I, w- I was with the way it happened. Looking back on it, I completely understand it and see it. Um, they were going to do something different. But th- if you look at that time period, that's when WCW was going the wrong direction. We just didn't yeah. see it at that time, especially as a fan being in my uh, late – or. Mid, uh, I didn't see it going that direction. Um, I was not a fan of it. However, I didn't realize how young he was. <laughs> he had that when he unmasked. He definitely had a hundred percent of that baby face style. But yeah. I saw it the other day. I don't know. It was on Facebook somewhere. Somebody had shared a meme. If you pull up video where he was a, or a picture where he was a filthy animal right after he was unmasking, and you put a picture of Dominic next to him. With the exception of the size difference, they're a spitting image of each other. Uh, wow. 
Yeah, no, I, I, it's okay. I, I kind of had the same kind of feeling when they, when they decided to do the unmasking of Kane as well. And I, it just, to me, that's, I don't know. It, it took a lot of the, a lot of the mystery away from the characters. And I wish that they wouldn't have done that to their characters. But yeah, and if you, they're going to do the unmasking, I think the cane unmasking went. A, the cane unmasking went a lot better, in my opinion, story wise. They built it a lot better than the um, Rey Mysterio one. Honestly, Rey Mysterio unmasking, I think, as a personal level, yes, I understand it was Kevin Nash and he was the big guy and Goliath, you know, Dave versus Goliath type matchup and stuff like that. However, personally. If you're going to take a luchador's mask, I feel it should have been like a mask versus mask situation. Let another luchador take it. Like, for instance, when um, Juventud Guerrero was unmasked back in WCW. You know, you do that style of wrestling and let let the lucha style play into it. Because that's where the mask, the mask versus masks came from was lucha style. So let them pay homage to their heritage and get on mass that way versus like no offense to Kevin Nash. And I, I understand it, you know, realistically Rey Mysterio beating Kevin Nash at that time didn't look like it would be possible. And they kept it that way. I just, yeah. I think they abused it and were trying to kill the cruiserweights when they had him un- unmasked. And then they did all sorts of things and went downhill quickly. Yeah. Uh. Hi. One more question from Brian. Which modern wrestler would you would you pick to put in the Attitude Era? In the Attitude Era, um, who who from now that? Honestly, I think. A there's there's a couple different choices and it depends on the period. As current, I think a current Randy Orton would have made good um, in the Attitude Era. Not not the young Randy Orton, but the current Randy Orton would have been mm-hmm. good in the Attitude Era. Um, I think AJ Styles definitely could have a current AJ Styles could have done really good in the Attitude Era. The one that I really would like to have seen. Um, is a current uh, having a brain fart Matt Riddle versus the Attitude Era RVD Mm, yeah yeah Um, I I definitely would have said I mean I know RVD still wrestling and stuff like that but I would have rather seen a current Matt Riddle his style he Matt Riddle has gotten a lot than when he started obviously and he's He's starting to progress more and stuff like that. And you put him against the attitude air or not attitude error because that was a little ruthless aggression with RVD. But you put him like that um, together. I could see that. The only other one from like an AEW perspective I would like to see over there. <sighs> Might catch some crap for this a little bit. <laughs> but I, I really <laughs> I really would like to see Orange Cassidy in attitude error. Because I think he could have oh. done all sorts of stuff with his with his little nutshell gimmicks and stuff like that. Because you, someone like an Orange Cassidy versus Old Dust would be freaking hilarious, in my opinion. 
Um, you have the old yeah. Attitude Era Gold Dust. Um, prefer Gold Dust pre Tourette's, but uh, <laughs> I wasn't a big fan of that whole little shocking Gold Dust that he had. Got electrocuted, but it is it is. Yeah. But I would like to see a Gold Dust versus. Um, Orange Cassidy. Now, I know it's still possible Dustin Rhodes is part of AEW, things like that. But we're talking Attitude Era for sure. I think Orange Cassidy could have done, especially his character, his his unique character he has today. I think if it was done right in the Attitude Era, it would have been comedy than it is now. But definitely can be would have been cool. Yeah. That, that would be an interesting... Oh, <laughs> Adam Cole would have been an amazing and would have been amazing in the attitude area. Um, that's what Brian is saying. Uh, yeah, Adam Cole could but, definitely. Uh, I think he would have been rooted there. You also got um, uh, Samoa Joe would have been pretty good in the attitude era. I, I think he would definitely have that monster style feel to him. How about any of the female wrestlers? Would they fit with the Attitude Era at all? Current one? Um, the Attitude Era for females was completely... Now, granted, that's, that's when they started having some good wrestling for females. But at the same time, back then versus now, the Attitude Era, you had to have uh, sex appeal on top of the ability to... But the ability to work wasn't necessarily as required as the sex appeal was for Tudor era. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of today's characters I could definitely see over there. However, when I look at it that way, I'm like, there's a lot of them I think could have hang, but I don't know if they would have been the type of, uh, I don't think they're the type of female that would want, would have been wanting to do that kind of stuff. Um, I would like to see like a Sasha Banks in that style of era and put up against some of those matches. Yeah, Um, yeah, totally. I mean, you have Lana that I think would be dead. You put Lana and Rusev in the Attitude Era and let them be them true selves and that would have been perfect. Because uh, their true self behind the scenes is definitely something that Ad Era would have been able to exploit all day long and let them do it. For instance, I don't know if you heard their uh, tank foyer that they had at, that, at WrestleMania when they had the tank. Um, Not that I'm aware of. So, Bro and AEW is married to um, it's Lana. It was the one that, who played Lana. They're really married and stuff like that. Well, uh, I can't remember what year it was, but Rusev came out with the tank. Uh, supposedly, and both Rusev and Lana have said this has happened. Supposedly, they had um, did what they needed to do inside that tank prior to the show. Hmm. Together. So, I, I mean, you, you're going to talk about live sex scenes on, uh, with Edge and Lita. I mean, they, they put their own live sex scene inside of a tank today's before recording. So you put them in Attitude Era and let them have sex appeal. I think they would have made a great power couple for that style of yeah. TV. No, they're both good. Miro is really good as a wrestler by himself, no problem. Lana, I don't know too much. I mean, I've seen her as a wrestler. I wasn't impressed personally. As a manager, great. You put her with her husband, it's even better because they have that natural chemistry. But you put them in that era where you got away with a lot more things on TV than you do today. And it would have been a lot, I think they would have gone a lot further 
in that era. Do you think Trish Stratus would be uh, the power uh, wrestler it, as she was back in the Attitude Era if she was in today's world? I think if she took the time, um, like she eventually did, um, if she took the time, like the later Trish Stratus, yes, I think she could definitely hang in today's world. Um, I was really impressed when she came back and did uh, the match with Charlotte. But Mm -hmm. if you start with original Trish Stratus, TNA Trish Stratus, no, uh, she was a model. She wasn't even a wrestler. Um, she was a model and did sex appeal modeling and things like model, you know, fitness modeling. And, um, I remember, I know this because I was a fan of Trish Stratus at that time. I, I was that teenage boy that had all the <laughs> Trish Stratus pre-wrestling posters and stuff, magazine cutouts and everything on the wall. Um, her and Lita were my favorites. I don't think that one would, but they're towards the end of the attitude era when Trish was on top if you bring that Trish Stratus in today's world, yeah, she could definitely hang. But you bring in, no offense to her, I don't think a Sable would have been able to hang in today's world. Oh, okay. I think China was ahead of her time. Yes. Granted, Absolutely. Well, a lot of people say she looked like a man, but it is what it is. Um, I think she was definitely ahead of her time. You bring, you had a China where she was in her prime and put her in today's world. With the ability that people are starting to loosen up. It's not on national TV. They're not doing it as much. But you're starting to do a lot more intergender matches nowadays. You let her yeah. come in this way. I, I definitely think she can. Ha- she was able to hold her own back then with fem- females and males. You put her in today's, I think she would shine today more than she did back then. I think she was kind of held would back. Be more, back yeah, I think she would be more appreciated in, in today's world than... She was back in yes. late nineties, early two thousands. I think she was kind of held back back then. Um, Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I don't know by who, but I think she was kind of held back on being able to held back and limited on what she was able to do due to the style, due to politics, due to whatever you want to blame. Today's world would be a lot more open, and I think she would strive a lot better um, if she was in today's world. What? Yeah. There you go. Sorry, I had to had a more. <laughs> Ranger, real quick. <laughs> That's okay. 
You have children, so <laughs> go play. Go play. <laughs> Being a dad, comes yeah, he's first. a mess. <laughs> yeah, I actually, um, I actually had he when he has a WWE ring, and we bought him wrestlers and stuff like that. My mom found an old box of my old wrestlers. Like I have The Rock when he was in that tan suit. He had a character. I had Billy Gunn and Road Dog. Um, I have Ahmad Johnson. Uh, I have the purple Undertaker action figure. Um, I had Farouk from the Nation of Domination action figures. All those that I gave him to use. And he, he's kind of made some dream matches of his own old school wrestlers or new school wrestlers um, on doing that. So I'm definitely trying to pass the wrestling tradition on to him. And he seems to like it quite a bit. As long as he don't do what I did in third grade. Uh, third grade DX was still huge. And I wound up telling my teacher to suck it and got suspended from watching wrestling for a year from my mom. <laughs> uh, I, I there was a whole my... third grade year I missed wrestling. I remember my school uh, banning those uh, T-shirts <laughs> from the Attitude Era. Told my third grade teacher to suck it and did the hand gestures and everything. Yeah. Needless to say, it was banned from watching wrestling for a year. <laughs> you know, it's funny how I don't remember my mom and my my foster mom banning wrestling in the household, but it. it it was like, you can't watch The Simpsons, you can't watch this, you can't watch that. And I was like, okay, so, okay, I'll, I'll watch wrestling. <laughs> and that was probably the worst, <laughs> the worst of the, all yeah. the programming on television at that time. <laughs> yeah. And I grew up, like, my mom was a wrestling fan, too. But she grew up with, you know, she was a huge fan of JYD, Junkyard Dog. You know, she grew oh, up okay. in that era. You know, you had... Junkyard Dog, you had Hogan, you had, you know, wrestlers. That's who she grew up with. Um, she loved JYD and she loved the Midnight Express and she, she liked those old uh, she remembered, you know, the Rockers when they first came out, when it, when Sean was still Sean and Marty Jannetty. Um, she introduced me into wrestling and that was I don't remember a lot of it because I didn't watch it hardcore when she first started introducing me, but that was right before Attitude Era started. Uh, you know, it was starting to transition into the Attitude Era. Um, I was watching more WCW. WCW had, hadn't started winning anything. They were still, they had just left NWA, but they went to be their own. You still had a little bit of surfer sting, but we were always more of a WCW versus WWE. Um, but then I remember, the night that Austin became Stone Cold, you know, that King of the Ring. Yeah. He, the promo for Austin's 316 just was, and to me, that kind of launched the whole era, um, and especially as a wrestling fan, in that, watching all that, you know, you start seeing that, and then, every, just watching the transition, at the time, I didn't know the difference between the transition, I just started watching it more, it was appealing to me more, especially at that age group. Now I look back and I'm like, there was key moments that I witnessed live, like the uh, final episode of Nitro. I watched it live when it happened. Out of the blue, had no idea why Vince McMahon was on freaking TV. Um, I didn't pay attention to any of the news, rumor sites, anything. By that time, I didn't know anything about all those. 
they were there, but they weren't as good as popular as they are now because of dial-up internet and crappy internet and stuff where I lived. Um, but at the same time, you know, watching these things, you look back and you're like, I remember these parts of history of wrestling history, and at the time, you don't know that you're watching history. Yeah. It is that you know introducing my son now that he'll get some of that same experiences because I don't think wrestling is going anywhere anytime soon. It may not always no. be the same companies, but it ain't going. Um, how, how do you feel? And about, now you can uh, actually be a fan of wrestling and be open. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how, how do you feel about Stephanie McMahon uh, running the wrestling? Uh-oh. On TV, it was a good role. Uh, on TV, it was a good role. Um, personally, if I had my way, what I, I honestly think should happen, like behind the scenes style, on TV, she's got that role. She, 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 I think she could definitely take her dad's position on TV screen um, as that authority figure for sure. No questions asked. Um, if I had my way, Vince McMahon would have already stepped away. He can still make all his money. He he was saying, I I truly believe he should hand hand the reins to Triple H, to Paul. Um, I don't necessarily see him doing that, but if you look when NXT started, not necessarily what it is now, it's still his thing. But when NXT started, um, Vince basically gave him the stuff and said, "Hey, you do what you want down there. You train my guys. I'll pull them up as need be. It's a developmental." Vince stayed out of it. So, and Triple H created a strong independent company, um, and had a great foundation. And then Vince started getting involved when all the money started coming in your sponsors and your TV and things like that. Um, it's still Triple H's baby. He still has primary control, but I think you give him WWE and you're going to start seeing a lot more changes needed. The other problem mm-hmm. that we're having now, in my opinion, for WWE, is you put it on a big show like Fox, a big, big primetime um, TV company like Fox. You're going to have to produce results. You're going to have things that they want you to do no matter what. I don't fans necessarily want to see the same things that the execs do. But unfortunately, and this is where we're at, I think a lot of times your execs are going to win out because they're the ones paying the bills. And then that makes the fans that aren't diehard uh, WWE fan, it makes your fans really start getting a bad taste in their mouth and they're going to start looking elsewhere. Fortunately, there's plenty of companies out there that we can look elsewhere and get our fix. Yeah. And I, I really like the idea of continuing to uh, uh, help out the independent wrestling uh, companies. Um there's, they do such a great job at what they, you know, what they do. Um, and one of my friends uh, actually is a promoter with, 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 uh, an independent wrestling group and he's on the road right now. And, uh, I have, because of these, these individuals, like I, I met so many great people. Uh, and, I think that we should continue to promote independent wrestling as much as possible. 
Because I mean, if we if it wasn't for independent wrestling, we wouldn't have the mainstream in, in wrestling. Well, and that's one thing I think. Like today, you look at the main stars that are out there. You have AJ Styles. You've got basically most of uh, AEW, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks. Um, Orange Cassidy, Pinta, all these guys made their name on the independent circuit. Yeah. Um, made up obviously where they're making a lot bigger money, but the independent is where they started and they built their reputation as an independent. Just like, it's funny to me, you know, when I'm looking at this is you look at independent wrestling and you look at independent comics and they are so similar on the, the process, you know, you start here and you make a name for yourself where you start getting a following. So if you decide to go work for one of the big companies or a bigger company, your following's already there, but your name is that's going to get you a bigger chance of getting hired to do it there. However, then you have the alternate alternative there where your fans are on this style, but the big companies may need you to modify your style to fit their their rules and regulations so you turn off some of your fans on that you ever take on both sides but like you said without independent wrestling there would be nothing um i know i can't afford to take my child and pay 60 70 80 dollars even two three hundred dollars depending on where they're at to go see a wwe show um that is completely different because it's versus independent where i can go pay 15 15 bucks go take them to independent show yeah, these guys may never be on WWE or national TV. Some of them might. You never know. Uh, but at the same but time, the talent is to is, me an independent. Sometimes the talent's better. Yeah, the the talent is there. Uh, uh, they may and... not necessarily have that charisma. <laughs> but I mean, they're uh, a lot of their storylines. They're working. They're they're working on uh and they're trying it and like the way that mm-hmm. they talk it, like there there's one group that uh uh was called primos and that was the people that i was working with uh at uh the public access channel and they they try to do like the whole uh smack talk thing uh before the ring before going down to the ring um and like and all the like the catchy uh, stuff that all the other wrestler troops do, and they did a fantastic job. I mean, yeah, like- that's the thing with like into wrestling is you get a lot of these guys that they're great wrestlers, but they may be missing certain things, and that's why they're not on the mainstream. They, this is where they're going to learn to develop them. Um, also, to me. I can find out more about the individual as a person, whether he's playing the gimmick or not, uh, at an independent show because I'm going to have a better chance interacting with this person. And to especially for the kids, like my four-year-old isn't going to know the difference between this guy he just watched in the ring and meeting him and talking to him to get a, a T-shirt versus somebody he sees on national TV. You know, he might ask me why, you know, why don't I see this person, but he's not going to know the difference. To him, it's the same size, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but they, they tend to put out more, they have more heart and they have more desire 
for the fans on the smaller shows than they do on the big ones. And that's not always the case, but a lot of it, just like comics, again, yeah, you still have your hardcore fans, but at the same time, you get somebody that's producing, you know, a comic a month, two comics a month or whatever, writing for DC and Marvel and stuff like that. Just the sheer quantity, you lose the quality. Yeah. Um, it, they may want to do this. Their side projects are probably phenomenal, but I, you start losing some quality because you have to put out the quantity. And that's where, you know, like independent versus mainstream wrestling, you've got to give or take on that because of that. And what, what also uh, I like is, uh, uh, Meeting people outside of the ring and you know, finding out that they're wrestlers, and then going to going to their shows and then finding out what kind of characters they are because they don't give you a warning <laughs> ahead of time. <laughs> uh, my friend Adam Knight, uh, he, uh, yeah, I met him at a convention. He's a he's an author. And he's like, yeah, I'm a wrestler. Come to my show. And I'm like, okay. So I went and found out he he was a heel. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> so yeah, that that was that was a shocker to me and uh, uh, great experience though. And he definitely ha- he definitely knows how to roll up a crowd and get get them going. Oh yeah, and that's the to me a hill is they're needed, but they're the easiest thing to do. It's always easier to make somebody mad versus make somebody <laughs> like you. Um, but that's the cool thing is, like for instance, my comic um, Ethan. He's a call center worker. He he he's got a headset on like this, and he answers the phone. Um, and actually, he works as a uh, basically a medical bill collector. You know, they're calling you because you have these outstanding... It's a collection agency, call center rep, basically. And, you know, he does this. But then on the weekend, he puts on a mask and is a professional wrestler. You know, an extreme professional wrestler. He's beating himself up and stuff like that. They're completely opposite sides of the spectrum. But, you know, you see that a lot, especially in independence. You know, you've got guys that are grocery baggers turning around and, you know are some of the most loved people in the professional wrestling on, on the indie shows. Um, the One of the wrestlers that's actually going to be in the second comic book, it's going to be one of his opponents, is um, a prof- independent wrestler that I'm friends with. And the dude is a, a bouncer at bars in Kansas City, or was. I don't know if he still is. He was a bouncer um, in his normal job. And then on the weekends, he goes and does professional wrestling, um, trying to make it to the mainstream, which... I think he, you know, he's got the stuff that he can. It's just a matter of being at the right spot at the right time. A lot of the times for that. <laughs> so sorry, I just noticed this now. Uh, uh, hey, John, good to see you. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, like I, I don't know. There's there's something about the independent wrestling that. Uh, I will have more of an appreciation of uh, rather than uh, mainstream, but I, I don't know. I'm like, yeah, you, you said it earlier, like paying, you know, 60 bucks to go to a, go to see WWE or you can pay $15 and have like 
a, a more intimate experience with the wrestlers. Which is like, which I find funny is um, just like a refer. It's kind of the same except for backwards on the pricing. Um, usually your mainstream guys, you get the, you can buy the comic a lot cheaper than you can from your indie guy. But at the same time, you know that the indie guy has got a whole lot more heart into the, usually has a whole part into his comic versus the mainstream guy who has, it's just going through a lack of a better term, a factory line, um, to get the product out. I mean, granted, he might still love his product and stuff like that, but you go to a convention and you go talk to, um, say like Kevin Eastman. Yes, he loves the turtles and stuff like that, but he's done this for years. He'll, you'll talk to him. You'll have your set amount of time. You'll pay your astronomical price to get his autograph or his picture that he's drawn. Then you go down and talk to this other guy that may not have nobody in front of him or very few independent guy that you don't even know who it is, but you talk to him. You're going to hear the passion is so much more with this guy. Um, that even yeah. if I didn't necessarily gonna buy it, his passion alone might get me to want to buy it just because he supports his book so much that I want to support him just because he does. And, and who knows? I, you know, buy it, you read it, you might fall in love and be a, you know, one of his biggest fans. Yeah. And uh, I will, I, I always tend to spend, I am sorry. Cat fight. Oh. <laughs> Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> Speaking of wrestling. <laughs> That's right. My kid's making lots of noise over there, so. Um, I think it's my cat Simba being a jerk. <laughs> oh, yeah, that happens. And the other cats are putting him in his place. <laughs> yep, that happens a lot. <laughs> so, yeah, that uh, uh, that's the life of uh, at my house. <laughs> uh. Well, mine. I'm promoting. I'm trying to write and have my kid and trying to play with him, give him as much time as possible. And then I also do competitive acting um, as well. So my free time is limited. <laughs> wow. I write. On my phone is how I wrote most. Eh, there's Ethan right there. Um, my phone is how I wrote most of uh, the first script before I formatted it or anything. Driving down the road or doing, I, I install security systems and fire systems, things like that for a living. I would be driving down the road to a customer's house and just writing out the ideas or what I would, and then I have to come back and format it later. Yeah. I'm sure, like, writers get the weirdest ideas in the most peculiar spots. Um, I, I, I've written a couple uh, stories myself, and uh, nothing that I had had gotten published just yet, but uh, uh, working on a steampunk story right now. Um, and sometimes I'll get, like, I'll be, it'll be like five o'clock in the morning. And then I'll be like, oh, I, sh I should write this down before I forget. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I was actually given, when I was writing my novel, first novel, um, I was given a piece of advice by a writer. He's like, keep a notepad and a pen on your nightstand by your bed. 
He yep. goes, and they keep one on you. He's like, you got your phone. You got the notepad there. He goes, one near you at all times. He goes, because you never know when you're going to get an idea. And if you don't write it down then, you're not going to remember what that is by the time you get home. Yep. What, what is it's kind of like this one. It became, <laughs> it, it was actually written down as an idea. Um, I typed it up when I got home. I've got a work in, um, a work in progress note idea sheet um, on my Google Drive. And I just got it there and I'm like going through and it just sat there. And I think it sat there for two and a half, three years before I finally was like, oh, this would be kind of cool. And then I started developing and I'm the type of writer that I write out like right now I have my seven book series. I know what's going to happen in each book, just the main general synopsis of what's going to happen in each book. And then when I get ready to write my book, I actually go down, okay, each page, this is going to happen on each page. And then I will go back and actually start doing the actual script for each page and panel. Hmm. My artist hates me because even though I have it labeled as panel two, three, um, and I, I kind of follow the sequence or whatever, but he hates it because he'll sit there and go, okay, do you know, what kind of panel, how big do you want this? And I'll be, I was like, honestly, uh, I'm going to leave it up to you. So <laughs> he has to, <laughs> he's done it, you know, not really, he, he, he doesn't do it because I'm the type of person, I don't necessarily give you every little detail that has to be in there. I was like, okay, this is the scene, this is the character, certain details that have to be there for the story. But other than that, you, you got the artistic freedom, which he likes, but at the same time, he's like, Joe, do you need me to make it this big? How much of the page? I was like, I only gave you three panels for the whole page. You make it as big, you know, make, make each panel as big as you want. If you want one big one in the middle and two small ones overlapping, go ahead. I'm not going to be particular because I was like, that's where you come in on helping me lay out the uh, sequence and make sure, sure everything flows according to your art. I've got the words and I want done. You bring it to life. And <laughs> <laughs> um- uh, when you're coming up with the storyline, do you guys, do you actually write out like almost like novel form of what's happening with the story, or or do you so have I, like each panel in mind? Oh, um, after I have my individual panel breakdown, you know, I, I have each panel in mind, so I'll break down, you know, like my page, what's going to happen on each page for the for that one particular story. So, like this one, originally my script before my artist got hold of it. Um, after my editor said my script was only 22 pages. Um, and then I would go in, okay, this page, this has to happen. Well, then I'll go there and I'll just start panel one. Um, and then I'll type out the scene, you know, add some words in there. Then I'll go panel two. Um, and that's one thing that helped me because I've read lots of books. Um, Paul Kupenberg, um, had a how to write comics book I read and numerous other podcasts and all that. I've talked to several writers. And a lot of them, you know, one of the things that they said was a lot of beginner writers have problems of um, trying to put two different actions in one panel. Well, by doing mm-hmm. it by per panel, to me, made it a lot easier because when I was writing it, I would write the panel out and then I'd go back and read it and be like, okay, that's actually two different actions. So I'll break that into a second panel. Um, wind up doing all that all the way through. Then on the next edit, reread, see a lot of times what I tend to forget is sound effects. Um, I have the words and I'll have that, but I'll forget certain sound. I have to reread and I'm like, oh, well, I kind of need this sound effects. I kind of need this in there to make to drive the story a little bit better. 
Um, or I have too much going on on this one. I need to pull it back. But then I gave my script to my artist. He was drawing it. And there was a section there where he was drawing, he was designing, you know, how he wants to do it. He goes, well, if I do it this way, um, he goes, it's, you're only going to get, you know, like four panels on this page, but we can tell the story so much better. I was like, okay. He's like, well, well then we're just going to have, I was like, we can't just add one page because it's formatting. It's just not going to work like that. So, so we have just, so we went through and he actually just wound up just on the design. We didn't change the script. We didn't change the flow of anything. We just uh, made certain panels bigger. And on the design side, wound up adding two extra pages just off of the, because of the art side only. Yeah. Uh, I know Brian had another question here. Uh, if you can be picked up by uh, Marvel, DC, Star Wars, wh- who would you like to work for? I'm more of a Mar. I've always been more of a Marvel Marvel fan. Um, my dream, like comic to write for, would be Deadpool. I love that series. I love the character. Um, I- I've always loved Deadpool. Um, Prior to uh, Ryan Reynolds, um, I always loved the Deadpool character as a cop. Yeah. And then I think Ryan Reynolds just kind of blew it out of the water on the mentality that when you read the comic before the movie, you're like, okay. And then Ryan Reynolds kind of brought that to li- brought the character to life. Um, he was definitely a good, ca- perfect cast for that story. Now, some of yeah. the movies don't necessarily jive with books, but – He's he's the actor for Deadpool. Um, you know, there's certain people that they make the character that's more accurate to the comics, and he's definitely one. Um, but I would love to, you know, write for Dead, you know, write a Deadpool, even if it's just like a one-off. Um, I would love to do some sort of Deadpool stuff. Um, my stepdad loves Batman, so you know that would always be cool. One of the mainstream characters. But as for a company, I've never been one to. Oh, I want to work this company or this company. There's just certain stories I want to do. Um, I like Star Wars versus Star, you know, the Star Wars versus Star Trek. I'm a Star Wars fan, but realistically, I have no desire to write anything Star Wars because I don't think I could do that style of ju- that um, space and that kind of f- fiction. I don't think I can necessarily do it justice. Yeah. Now you give me some sort of horror or even like superheroes, like like a Deadpool. I can mix my horror and my superheroes together and. I think I could put a decent one there. Um, I've thought about doing like fan, you know, doing like a fan writing on it, but um, I've got too many other ideas of stories in my head. Um, I think I have a sheet that's already like four pages of just random stories, but it sits back there and just keeps collecting every day. And then as soon as this series gets close to being finished, I get into my script writing. Then I'll start deciding what I want to do on my next one. Uh, have you? Ever been in the middle of writing uh, your ideas down, like write, writing a story or something, and then like uh, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, comes like a TV show with your idea or a movie with your idea? How did how did that make you feel about that? So um, prior to ECW going live, um, I was doing eFeds. Um, you know, I'm typing up. I had a character that I called Taz, T-A-Z-Z. This was before ECW had even 
I mean, they were they were the little small time. They didn't even have TV shows. They were just local. This was before they made any kind of TV. Before national, I lived in Texas. They were way up in you know Pennsylvania and stuff like that. I knew nothing from that area. I had this one, same, similar, maybe not the suplex machine, but it was a smaller character, um, kind of because I was a Tasmanian Devil fan. You know, kind of had the idea, you know, being the smaller built stature, and then all of a sudden, you know. ECW does this, and then they get a deal on, I think I think it was like TNN at the time. Uh, um, I don't remember who it is. But then it became Spike and all this other um, companies. Mm-hmm. But they got their first TV deal. I saw this character, Taz, come out. And I, like, you know, things like that. You're like, really? Um, I've had things like that, but not too much of uh, in the writing. Um, I had some of my zombie book that I had written, my zombie book I had published. Um, and then things that I did in that zombie novel, I wound up seeing about, and it's one of those that, you know, it was too soon. So, you know, they couldn't have read your book and then recorded the stuff, but you know, you see it on like walking dead. And I'm like, you you start thinking like, did somebody just read this and make the story? But then, you know, with the way, way things are filmed that the time frame is not even possible for that to happen on a main, on a mainstream show like that. But you're like, just the coincidence you start thinking, you're like, Okay, somebody's trying to mess with me here. Um, so yeah, I've I've had bits and pieces like that, but not full on it yet. That's why Hill Turn. I made sure, you know, I got all my legal sides in a row because if something like that happens, I can at least get yeah. my piece of the pie from it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I don't know uh, when. Um... When I was a kid, uh, trying to come up with hey, like storylines for 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 my own comic books and uh, uh, other stories, uh, I remember working on a on a story of um, you know this uh, you know I, I wanted a superhero spy, and I'm like I came up with the name and everything, and then out of a couple of, as I'm like developing this character. Up pop, you know, Max Steel. I'm just like, and the name was just even close to it. I'm just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, I remember as a kid, I actually had a story um, that me and my cousin actually wrote on a piece of paper. Uh, it wasn't near as long as obviously um, anything normal, but for us, it seemed like it was forever because it was like six pages. Um, and for us, it, that that seemed like it was, a, you know, a whole novel right there. Well, we had the story of an idea with a dragon and stuff like that. Well, come, um, like, literally, I think it was, like, a month or two after we had this idea. We wrote, we wrote it out. It's been, for us, at, you know, I think at the time we were, like, eight or nine. Um, for us to hand write out six pages of a story for between the two of us was a feat in itself. <laughs> And then we're, we're doing that, and, you know, we show we show our mom and dad and stuff like that. And then uh, Dragonheart came out um, in the theaters and stuff like that, <laughs> the old movie Dragonheart. And yeah. it was basically with the exception of, you know, we had a different uh, body part that was, you know, used. But, I mean, it was really weird. It was almost mirroring our little mini story. Um, they obviously did it oh, a whole wow. lot better than we probably would have. But <laughs> at the same time, we're just like. As kids were like, how is this even – somebody stole our idea. And then, you know, obviously parents are like, no, you know, it takes months to film these things, sometimes years. 
you know, there, there's no way that your little six page story did it, but yeah, I've had incidences like that. And it's almost like the deja vu, you know, people call it deja yeah. vu and stuff. It's almost like something like that happens. You're like, is there really more than one, you know, parallel universes here? Um, you know, you start getting into really things. You're like, all right, what's going on here? You just swear like there, the, there's something Time like travels aiming real. down no. at you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Like the, I swear to God, like his satellites will be aimed at me and just waiting for me to come up with something. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that here and there, and I'm like, well, just let me have my piece of the pie and I'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that 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 is always interesting how how that happens, though. And it's like, and then you're like, okay, well, I'll uh, I'll figure out something for this character later, <laughs> and then it just kind of sits for a couple years. <laughs> well, that's one thing that we had to um, when I worked in the NWA and behind the scenes when we were doing stuff, we had to actually keep it hush because, um, being a web designer, I know how to go in there and track data of who's visiting the website, where they're visiting from, this, that, or the other. When we were doing NWA Classics, Bruce Tharp actually had um, entered a contract with the Paul Bosch family um, to get to be able to convert a lot of these old um, – they were old film reels. He had a f- – what? Not yet. She's not. Um <laughs> but he had old film rolls that they had to convert into a digital file um, and then up convert from their format to HD to make it look good. Well, we had all this stuff that we were doing. Um, like we actually had the the true very first time Andre the Giant was ever body slammed that, and it wasn't Hogan. Um, we had that footage of Harley Race body slam and Andre the Giant outside the ring on the, on, uh, the concrete. Um, and things like that. Well, when you're doing things like that, you, you sit there and you watch these mainstream companies. You're like, nobody's going to know the NWA. We're not going to watch it. Well, we kept seeing the same IP address, um, ping from Stanford, Connecticut. No, here, give me those. We had Stanford, Connecticut, the same IP address kept pinging. Every week we released new content, it would ping. Well, we wound up doing a trace back and finding uh, some, and it, you know, I don't know who it was, but somebody at the WWE headquarters kept watching all this content every time we launched anything. So you, you know, and that's one of the things as a, like a writer, I'm like, I got to keep everything hush until I've got my legal side because you truly never know who's really watching nowadays, especially yeah. with how big the internet is, you know, and all it takes, good or bad, all it takes is that one person to find it. You could have somebody good. Good that launches your career. You have somebody that steals it or copies it. Okay. Um, (laughs) And then, uh, but you you never know nowadays. And just like you know, stealing your ideas from there. Nowadays, you got to be careful because the internet. You know, somebody sees it, they could steal it or pirated your stuff or. Yeah. The good part. the right person can launch your career, so you were, you never exactly. know. And you, the bad part, um, yeah. As, but, as I, as I've seen from my friends, like you need a good team that you that you fully trust, and um, mm-hmm. yeah. 
yeah, I've definitely seen different. Um, and I, I try to stay out of the politics side. I know it's comics and especially indie comics. I try to stay out of the politics, but there's a couple of people that I've, um, kind of started talking to all the time and they were, I, I've talked to do, different people that were part of the same companies at one time or the same ventures and it has fell apart. Still, you know, they're each doing their own thing now and I interact with both of them. I'm not, when I'm interacting, I try to do my best of not to mention the other because yeah. I don't want that. Good job. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no worries. Um, we can actually end here if you need to go uh, go uh, go to your uh, do your parenting thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I can do another you know ten minutes or so to write it out <laughs> right about two if you want. But I mean, yeah, yeah here shortly I'm gonna have to for sure because he's getting hungry. <laughs> He's waiting right. on mo- mom's bringing food, but he doesn't want to listen to that because so he's getting a cookie snack. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, no, I I have. Uh, I'll uh, just play this little video and uh, do all the, the little promo things, and that and we'll close up. I'm all right, no problem. Your, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'm Sage Ia. I'm Thomas Carter Rochester. Hey, I'm David Thompson. Hi. I'm Kevin. And I'm Mia. Hi, I'm Mark. Hey there, this is Dave Adams. Hi, I'm Rosemary Rose. Jerome Connor here. Hey guys, it's Josh Bauer. It's Willow Schuyler. I'm Cosplay Michael. Abba It's your boy Country. I'm Ryan Permison. And I'd like to ask you guys, please subscribe. Please subscribe. Please subscribe. Please subscribe. Please subscribe. Please subscribe. Please, please, please subscribe. 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 Please subscribe to HWWS Web TV. Great bunch of people. And don't forget to smash the bell ring that bell smash that bell hit that bell hit the bell to be notified hit the bell to get notified of new shows and videos you're gonna want to do that so do that soon so we can cross that twenty thousand mark and get us to a hundred thousand subscribers to a million and ten million and a hundred million on hww's web tv you really like it i guarantee it thank you That's right. We're gonna <laughs> say our goodbyes. Um, Will, where can we find you on uh, on social media? So on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, and TikTok, we are all at Hill Turn Comic. You can also find our Kickstarter currently live at Kickstarter.hillturncomic.com, or just search Hill Turn Comic on Kickstarter. Uh, you can message our Facebook page and I will add you for, as a friend for my personal page. And other than that, hillturncomic.com has got pretty much everything we need. Uh, you can also do link tree slash hillturn comic and get a link of everything at one, one site. Excellent. Uh, well, you guys can find me all over social media. I am the social media socialite. Um, I usually have a little banner here that, <laughs> again, I'm very bad at doing this. Ah, there we go. All right. You can find me at Hanging with Web Show, uh, Web TV, all over social media. Uh, you can find me, uh, co-hosting here Saturday afternoons, usually Brian and Nicole are with me. Um, 
And uh, you can find me on my own show, Will's Pillow Talk. Uh, it'll be just on random sh- times. It really depends on my my work schedule <laughs> and the schedules of my of my guests as well. Um, but yes, uh, please tune in uh, to Hanging with Web. We got lots of interesting things happening. Suncoast uh, Comic Con is coming up in September, so or uh, Suncoast Fan Fest, I should say. Thank you for being our sponsor. Uh, if you guys are look, looking for tickets, you can you know, still get them uh, fairly cheap right now. Uh, you can also get 10% off if you use the code HANGIN21. Um, so yeah, thank you, Will, for joining me today. Um, I apologize, uh, Brennan and Nicole couldn't make it. Uh, but again, thanks for being part of our show. <laughs> no problem. I look forward to being a guest again sometime soon. Absolutely. Let it keep, it keep us posted on uh, how your uh, how your uh, Kickstarter is going. Yeah, I will do. And uh, again, even if y'all can't financially back it, share it out on all your social media sites. Let the world know we're here. I appreciate it. All any shares help. <laughs> I, I should also say that we're also part of the uh, NSC uh, Roadshow as well. So. <laughs> All right. You guys have a great day.